Welcome back to Breaking Brave. I'm your host, Marilyn Barefoot. Born and raised in Cameroon, Central Africa, Francine Vumbo comes from a household of seven strong women. Francine is the founder of Mothers to Daughters, a not-for-profit organization which promotes intergenerational knowledge transfer by connecting the mothers, generally baby boomers and Gen Xers, with the daughters, generally millennials and Gen Zers, from all points around the globe. Through educational programs, networking events, mentorship opportunities, and open idea exchanges. The specific topic of bridging intergenerational gaps involving women is an area of actually minimal attention and information until now. Please welcome the founder of Mothers to Daughters, Francine Vumbo. I am so excited to be joined today by my guest, Francine Vumbo. Francine and I met through an incredible network of women. And as soon as I heard Francine's story, I like, this has got to be an episode of Breaking Brave. So welcome, Francine. And I'm going to ask you to start, for all of the guests who haven't had the pleasure of knowing who you are, can you just do a level set on this and say, you know, what's your story? Where were you born? How did you get here? And how did you come to do what you're doing now? Welcome. Thank you so much, uh, Marilyn. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you. And uh, yeah, that's always a trip down memory lane to go back to, you know, uh, where I'm from and all. And I'm really glad to share that here with you today. Uh, like Marilyn said, my name is Francine Vumbo, a name not always easy to pronounce, but she really did a great job. <laughs> so thank you. I'm originally from uh, Central Africa, uh, a country called Cameroon. It's bilingual like Canada with French and English as the the main languages. I immigrated here a little over 12 years ago um, because my parents had lofty dreams for me. They wanted me to get a higher, better education in a system that will not work against me, but for me, um, to also uh, conceal the discrepancies that my country sometimes faces, and especially youth. So I came here very zealous and also frightened to a certain extent because I was alone. I was by myself when I moved here, and I landed in the beautiful city of Ottawa. I always call it my little village. That's where it all started. Uh, and uh, I landed in uh, Ottawa. I went to school there. I did my bachelor in economics. Uh, it was a great journey. I met amazing people. Uh, it's funny how when you leave your family, you think you're alone and you won't actually find some sort of landmarks. But I'm so proud to look back and tell myself I, I have a family here. I have a family away from home, most importantly. And um, throughout my journey at school, moving on to the, the workforce, because it generally comes down to that, what do you do next now that you're done with school? And I chose to work in banking, right? Despite having a background in economics and most people around me were just working for the government. So I went private and I don't regret it because... It was really a nice um, 
start into my career journey where I learned so much and where the story of why I'm even here in front of you today started. Again, going back to, it was the first, I had never worked technically before. So I was dealing with clients, very timid, and I had to break through that. I had to break through my insecurities. I had to break through getting around the language. Uh, French is my first language. So I do speak both French and English. And I had to really get up to speed um, with my language and just how I communicate generally. And from there, I let myself be, be, be being guided by so many people. So many people that happen to be my managers, they happen to be women, and we developed an amazing relationship from one role to another. And even back then, I had no idea what mentoring meant. I just know that I had a way to form a rapport with women, and I was looking up to them, and they were really investing in me back then. And I'm going to go back to when I was back home because I had to really give a a huge shout out to my mother because she invested so much in me, so much that I'm really proud to be representing her valuably 12 years later, despite all her fears of me being alone here without any relatives. And it's been working well. And fast forward from those relationships I've built with women I didn't know that were not related to me and the influence of my mother and her entrepreneurial journey as well, I decided to do more than that, than focusing on that job per se. That was banking and et cetera. And I decided to devote my time to the community. I decided to spread the word about the importance to looking back and looking up to previous generations of women that have been there before and taking the good, the bad, and making it a good mix of things that will make my life so much easier. And in three years now, It has not failed me. Every single year brings a layer of wisdom, knowledge, and I packaged it all in forming this beautiful community called Mothers to Daughters, where I felt, and I want to say I am an immigrant, I am a woman, but I also had the choice not to step out of my comfort zone and stay the timid girl I was and not do anything about it stay uh, attached to my French and not really challenge myself to be as uh, bilingual as quick as as fast as possible. But I made intentional step to say, I want to integrate in this country. I want to be able to help people. I want to be able to learn from others. I know my family is not around, but I want to be brave enough to create those rapport, those lasting relationships that I know will serve me in the future. And that's how Mothers to Daughters was born. It was born from an outcry of lack of support. I'm a huge believer that my immediate support system can give me everything I want for my journey and my success. And I'm a huge believer that you have to tap into different perspectives uh, and different people to bring that all together to evolve. And with Mothers to Daughters, the community, the diversity that you get from it, 
just the mix of cultures, walks of life, and background from all the women that said yes to coming and mentoring younger generation is what really every single day inspires me and motivates me to come here and share this story so that people can learn how critical it is to, to value previous generations' um, knowledge and wisdom. Just such a beautiful story. Thank you, Francine, Thank for sharing. You. And in the research that I've been doing about you, when you were in school, when you were in the University of Ottawa, like the word mentoring, it was non-existent. I mean, there was no such thing exactly. at all. So I can't even imagine how difficult this was for you as a, a brand new person in Canada, as an immigrant, but also a female trying to find her way in the business world. So how does how does it work? How does mothers to daughters work? Who are the mothers? Who are the daughters? How do they all get connected in this beautiful community? And I really like uh, your point on how inexisting mentoring was. And sometimes I like to challenge myself and tell myself maybe I was never interested in learning more about um, maybe groups that were focusing on learning and development. Maybe it was present, maybe not, but I don't like to live in regrets because I know when I look back, I had no exposure to mentoring. I was not placed in front of a mentor when I joined school. What you were encouraged to do were to join was to join clubs. You join clubs and it's fun, it's activities, but nothing that pertains to having a dedicated person to actually accompany you through your journey. And I think the closest thing to um, to it, I had in college was a tutor, but my tutor was happy with, with my math, right? It wasn't exactly that 360 support that you uh, can possibly need. Now, I, when I came up with the mothers to daughters name, which is some, a question that always comes back, I thought of a mother as someone who's acquired a certain skill set, who has a life journey, who is equipped and has the time to instill in others what she's learned. She can be in the business world, the professional world, or even just at home caring for her children, but she feels life has taught her enough to give back and she wants to share that knowledge. That's a mother. So when I was thinking of a name, I thought of my mother first and how giving she is. And it's really in that spirit of giving back that I decided to go with the mothers. And given my journey and how I, I, I was really um, espousing the mentality of being comfortable with the uncomfortable, first of all, moving Canada, um, not necessarily being afraid to raise my hand to either ask for help or um, not intimidated by my managers and not trying to really keep the relationship professional and trying to really see how they can help me beyond professional. I consider that being a daughter. A daughter is curious. She steps out of her comfort zone. She wants to learn. She acknowledges that her immediate support system cannot be enough. And sometimes to get to certain goals in her life, she needs more than that. 
So she wants to surround herself with that knowledge and is proactive about it and is intentional about it and is also nurturing uh, as it pertains to growing that relationship. So that's what a mother represents at Mothers to Daughters and that's what a daughter represents. And the Mothers to Daughters makes it an intergenerational knowledge transfer because the same way a mother is willing to give, she's also willing to receive from a a daughter because daughters go through a different journey and it goes beyond age as a daughter with all daughters and with all mothers in so many ways. And when you and I first spoke, when we were getting to know each other a little, Francine, we talked about how life is really not respecting intergenerational knowledge and stories and the passing along of things, knowledge, recipes, skills, background within the family, all those things are falling by the wayside. And that's a real deficit for the daughters, for the kids, because they want that. They want that knowledge. They, they, they crave that type of connection, I think. That's right. It is not mainstream. <laughs> that's the word, I think. People like to stay in blocks. Uh, I want to stay among my peers. It's comfortable when you look at, you look around you and you see someone either looking like you or thinking like you and wanting to just stay there. But we at Mothers to Daughters, we're really trying to bridge that, break that uh, cycle and challenge that mentality because there's so much there are so many benefits in actually breaking through a generation. Say, for instance, I'm a millennial. I'll give you a simple example. My friends think I love being with women older than me. They don't understand me. And I always tell them, as much as I enjoy my time with you, you've only lived in this earth for so long. So we are at that same level set. And I am in the business of really improving myself, developing myself, and getting as much wisdom as possible. So yes, I will go to them because being in the company, it makes me feel as if I can sky's the limit because they instill so much in me. And that's why I do it. I know it's something that's not necessarily innate in in us or um, it's not a step that's easy to make, but there's always a start. And the start is the family, right? There's intergenerational connections in a family. Uh, I remember when I was back home, I used to be very close to my aunt. My mom was always my landmark uh, in terms of getting that guidance and wisdom, but she was probably 20 years older than me you know, beside my mom. And I used to be very close to her. I went through her journey of getting married. This is also an intergenerational relationship within the family context. Now, when you think about outside of that family context in that immediate circle, I always challenge my friends and say, what's so different about seeing someone and recognizing that same potential outside of the family context? That's exactly what that is. And it must be incredibly fulfilling for both sides of the equation. Yeah. I mean, for the moms, for the mothers, I th- they must feel 
really terrific about being able to share and give. And then, as you say, they also learn from the daughters because we can, all of us as human beings should be learning every single day, right? Yeah, exactly. I always say a mother is beyond someone who has the ability to give birth biologically. A mother Mm -hmm. cares, she nurtures, she paves the way. And the feeling of for a biological mother to see a child grow and be successful is the same feeling or close to a feeling of someone having a mentee that she said she saw, say, three years from now, five years from now, grow into this woman that's looking more and more like her. So I know the feeling of accomplishment is grand because I've had discussions with mothers in our community and they feel proud. They feel proud to have invested, whether it's helping you get a new job, helping you start your business by sharing tools that will make you successful. And for a daughter to be able to have that fandom, to be able to have that cheerleader who's going to be there, you knowing that besides my family, I know I have this person outside of that support, immediate support system that would cheer me on. And that I will also be able to contribute into, because like we said, it goes both ways. So the feeling of content, contentment is also the one that's shared by daughters because they feel, oh, she learned how to use Snapchat and it's fun and she can do it on her spare time, right? <laughs> so yeah, that's, uh, that's generally, those are the feedback we receive from Uh, the mother-daughter relationship, definitely mutually beneficial. And so, Francine, you launched uh, Mothers to Daughters in March of 2020 on International Women's Day, and then, boom, the world got hit with the global pandemic. So I think what you originally envisioned might have been in person, but then you went online. So so how did that journey go for you? Uh, Oh my goodness. Uh, Always interesting to go back then. (laughs) I remember putting this project on paper and being super excited. I had done my homework, the research, serving my friends around me and leading. We had a date of March 19th as the launch date and the wall just went silent uh, on the 15th of March. I will never forget that Friday at work. And it was really about, first of all, taking a deep breath. Things are not going according to plan. What do we do? Are we canceling? Are we just hoping it just disappears in a couple of months, meaning just being on statical? Or we're getting things moving and we're continuing and we're just tweaking things. And I chose, I did choose the tweaking side of things and I don't regret it because that's that this that decision was critical in having us three years later look back and say we made the right choice. So I consulted my mentors. At the time I had already built an a great army of advisors. I was just getting to know most of them and I was engaged and really getting them into this process. How do I do this? They taught me how to put up a newsletter. They taught me how to, you know, 
help and leverage Zoom. I had no idea of how to send communications before, but I had to build the momentum to make sure that I have enough people joining virtually because it was about tweaking things, right? Uh, the venue, we had to cancel. Obviously, everything was closed. And um, yeah, we pivoted. We pivoted and we did not wait three months or six months. Our first, our very first virtual session was on April 19th. And it was beautiful. It was beautiful. We had, for just starting out, we had about 20 to 25 people and it was engaging. We had three mothers sharing their stories. Daughters were there to receive that story. And the part about it that I really liked as well was that we pulled daughters as we used to when we were still virtual on what they would want mothers to talk about. And we really handpicked mothers based on that feedback. So it was great. It was a lot of work, uh, but so rewarding. And anything worth doing yeah. is always a lot of work. Yeah. I'm thrilled for you. Francine, how do you go about pairing a mother and a daughter if, from the, the mentor-mentee perspective let me start with this question. How many mothers, how many daughters do you have currently around the world? Around the world, we have a community of about a thousand people. Uh, we have over 600 mothers, 600 to 700 mothers, and we have about 400 daughters. So 300 to 400 daughters. It's uh, the numbers of over a thousand, like I mentioned, but it's, it's always a, a very interesting process because I've also learned people' interests lie in different things. They are, we have a group of mothers and daughters who prefer to follow us on our socials. Um, others, depending on the time of their lives they're into, they want to be mashed to someone and have informal introductions because I also facilitate informal introductions. And beyond that, we also have events, in-person events. People, this now, we can now have in-person events after all this time. And People uh, enjoy joining such events and meeting people live, exchanging phone number as opposed to the digital. But as, as far as the digital matching is uh, matching goes, we send forms. We get to know our mothers. So you want to join mothers to daughters. What do you think you bring into the picture? What's your what do you specialize in? What skill set do you want to give back? And the same goes for our daughters. Now that you made a step to look for help beyond your immediate support system, what are you looking to gain from this community? What are you looking to gain from the person you'll be matched with? And it's good because we really put an accent on daughters driving the relationship. So we gather that data, we gather the data of the mother as well. We present Two mothers, a daughter, for instance. So it's always done on a, a mother has the choice between two mothers based on the questions she answered. And she gets to pick who she wants to deal with. And that's how we kickstart the relationship. We always have a session where everyone gets to meet each other because we want that sense of community. And then we facilitate the one-on-one conversations offline. We highly encourage people to also meet 
in person, especially if they live in the same country. And I am beyond grateful for the team we have. They are so dedicated. Um, we match people manually at this time. And it's not always easy, but we need to really, it, it takes a team. It's an entire team. I'm involved in the process as well. And that's how the magic starts. And we've had such beautiful testimonials from that. And Francine, how can anyone listening around the world then get in touch with you, join? Is there is there a fee to join? Like how does how does somebody who's now heard you talking with me say, oh, this is exactly what I want to do, either as a mother or what I need as a daughter? How can they how can they get involved and, and how does it work in terms of the financial arrangement around it? The good news is that uh, we don't have, we don't charge any of our community members to join. It's completely free. We want, we, because we focus on that sense of, com- we want to build a community. We want to help. When I think about the way mothers invested in me, there was never, money was never in the picture and we are still leading with that mentality, at least for now, because we're still growing and I'm focused on making an impact, uh, spreading the word as much as possible about our cause and how intergenerational connections are essential. And um, the best way to get involved in this movement is to reach out to me. Um, my email address will be I can share my email address. We have our social media as well. It's Mothers to Daughters. And as soon as we have that conversation, we'll see what works for you. If you want to be um, a community member, you want to have an active role, we're always welcoming people to be involved with our cause as well from a volunteering perspective. If you want to contribute to what we're doing, help us expand, there are so many ways to get involved with what we do. I always say we, I'm also fortunate to have a board, but I'm the first student in that board. I'm the daughter. I'm the youngest. And I always say, I am here to listen. I am here to learn because we are in this journey where we're developing this baby together. It's now three years old, but we want as much, we want as many hands as possible to get to a point where we see that we really made that impact. So that impact is first and foremost a priority for us. Fantastic. So blatant shout out right here. Let's have your email address. And if you can remember all the handles for your socials, I mean, we'll put it in show notes, of course, but just we'll do it. We'll do it right now if you can do it right now. Of course. So my email is Francine. So that's F R A N. C-I-N-E at mothers2daughters.ca. Our Instagram is mothers underscore T-O underscore daughters. On Facebook, it's mothers2daughters, always the plural. And um, on YouTube, it's also simply mothers2daughters. So typing in mothers2daughters on Google, we should definitely be in your list of results. Fantastic. Thank you. This must be a tremendous resource for new Canadians. I mean, in your situation, how brave is it to leave Cameroon and come to Canada at 18 years of age, no family here, 
just a brand new start. That's That takes a lot of guts, Francine. It does. It does. And I have to give it up to my parents. They, they raised me to be a leader. They raised me not to be afraid of new adventures. They raised me to just be confident. That's a legacy for my parents that I carry up until now. I was confident it was the right move. It was the right decision. And when I arrived, even though I was timid, even as I mentioned earlier, even though I had all this newness in front of me that seemed to be so foreign and inaccessible, I was confident I will make my parents proud. And I, and that was enough for me to wake up every single day working hard to finish school, to get started with my career, and to now have this organization in addition to my full-time job to give back to my community. And my story speaks a lot because as a newcomer, you have to unthink and unlearn many things, right? Because the home country is the baseline of, you know, customs and habits and ways of thinking. And I can tell you Cameroon is heavily influenced by Europe. So it's a very French mentality to have as opposed to North American, completely drastically different. You get accustomed to the new holidays here that are not the same. Uh, One holiday that always gets my mom confused is Mother's Day. Mother's Day is celebrated in Canada two weeks apart from Cameroon. So when I used to tell her, oh, mom, happy Mother's Day. This is what you, all that, uh, the sweet message I sent to her, there was always a confusion. And if, because I was not always attuned with that specific celebration in the European context uh, or Cameroon, she will call me out when I don't message her on that specific day because <laughs> that's how integrating, that's what integrating also meant to me. I became so used to looking forward to these uh, holidays that are different from, ex- except for Christmas and probably Easter, I would say, but everything else, whether it's Labor Day or it was just so different, but a bless- it's a, it was a blessing. It is still a blessing and... So yeah, from an immigrant perspective, adapting is not always the easiest thing. And I'm so fortunate and grateful that through mothers to daughters, we also provide that support and help newcomers integrate in Canada and teach them how networking, for instance, is so critical here in the European context. And I still, to this day, meet people that come either from Africa, whether from France, there's just no, for the most part, openness to talk to people as much as here in North America. You see people um, engage easily. And I've had to coach and mentor many, many newcomers in that regards because, and that brings me back to being in a corporation that supports communities so much. I decided very early on to stop mentoring newcomers because I felt with the experience I had acquired, I could contribute to at least something that will make them feel like it's possible because it's not an easy journey, especially coming to Canada when you've had a life before. In my instance, I had only gone through high school. The newcomers I've had to be, to mentor before 
had senior positions in their home countries, and it was really a start over. And that, though it's a feeling I don't know, I empathize with how crushing that is and because I've witnessed it firsthand. Thank you. From the bottom of my heart, I could have used some tremendous mentors as I was going through life, even though I was born and raised in this country. So I can't even imagine how grateful everybody, everybody is. And I imagine, Francine, am I right when I say when they come to you and when they join your organization, it's not like they're there for a few months and then they leave. They stay because there's always new learning and always new mothers joining and always more new faces to communicate with. I could not agree more. And that's another point of gratitude um, to be able to even carry out the activities this year and meeting people that will stand there or send messages and say, we see you start, we saw you start, we were there from the very beginning and they relate more to the story, right? They they are just so, so supportive. And, and again, I, I mean, daughters are also such um, sponges. They, they want to absorb as much as possible. I've had so many referrals from um, people liking what we do and uh, longing for more experiences. And the ones that come and don't want to let go, they spread the word. It becomes it becomes infectious, and it's not something we take for granted. I think it's something that just proves us that we're making a difference here, and we need to keep it up, and we need to you know, bring more partnerships, right? Marilyn, I'd love to have you involved in our community. And, you know, just having this discussion with you is showing me how you come from a place of humility yourself to be able to bring stories together in order to empower others. And I think that's something we'll always have, that point of in common as a giver when you want to give and empower others. That's why those mothers stay. That's why those women stay, stay in the community, I would say. And, and this story, it's a tiny, little, tiny story. <laughs> but I guess it's maybe my very, very, very first experience in a way that to understand the feeling of how it, how it feels to give knowledge. So my husband's daughter just had a baby. So this baby is like three weeks old. And of course, we rushed up. We checked first as soon as they were home. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yes, she has a mama. But sometimes the voices, as you talked about, like aunts or other people in the family can somehow bring a different perspective. So I said, so how's the breastfeeding going? She's like, I just, there's, it's, no, it's not happening. And I said, how many, how many hot showers have you had? Yeah. And she's like, uh, none. I said, okay, a wise woman in a hospital once when I first went in with my son yeah. told me that hot showers are the answer. And she said, okay. So the next morning I got a message from her saying, Oh my God, thank you so much. Everything's going so well now. And that's a tiny little silly kind of example. But wow, in my heart, I felt like I made a little bit of a difference there by saying something that I knew because somebody had told me. Yeah. 
You know what? And this is exactly, you know, I love this example. You you think it's simple, but it speaks volume for that intergenerational knowledge transfer because that's something someone shared with you. And you see your stepdaughter, if that's how we call her, and she's not necessarily exposed to the same knowledge or wisdom because like I always say, the younger generations, we like to call ourselves the, we know it all in, in a certain extent, but it's not really the case because we have limited access to information, though the internet make us, makes us feel as if we can take over the world. It's not always the case because the little trick, just it takes a conversation because that's not something you can easily Google and find an answer for. And even if you do, you have a plethora of choices. What do I go for? Do I? It just gets overwhelming and you're a trusted source. She sees you and as soon as she gets that nugget of wisdom, of course, it's an overwhelming feeling. Now she has that to transmit to other generations. There's that, it's a trust. Yeah. You're right. AI, the internet, okay, yeah, I've got 500 things that they could bring up as a potential solution. Mm -hmm. But a person who has lived experience, who you can trust because of that lived experience, there's no replacing that. There is no replacing. I agree with you. That's spot on. And that's also the reason why when you think about the pandemic, you can see that the fact that we're not able to be in a trusting environment, just being able to connect as we are, that in-person touch creates trust as well. As much as AI is taking over, as much as, and again, the younger generations, we love it. I, I, I'm guilty. I'm, I'm a huge digital transformation advocate, but as much as I want to incorporate some of those digital adoption habits into mothers to daughters, I will always, always, always prioritize that in-person touch just from a trust perspective, from a, you need to feel people's energy. That's what reinforces the trust you have in them. It's such a different experience, as you've said, the energy, the life that people bring when they're when they're in person. Oh my God. Yeah. So let's can we talk about Maya Angelou? How has she factored into your life and into your inspiration? Oh Maya Angelou, uh may she rest in peace. She was such a voice of wisdom. I can't even begin to share how much enlightened I felt every single time I just read a poem or and but I have to give credit to one of my mentors because you know sometimes you go through life hurdles or just periods of your life where you question things and that was before I even started Mothers to Daughters and from one conversation even though I had seen that specific quote saying, when you learn teach, when you get give, it had never resonated with me the way it did that specific day. And it was coming from someone I trusted. It came from, and it just, I just let it sink in. And as I was going through this whole conceptualization of mothers to daughters, it kept coming back because I recognized how 
I had received from people because they had probably received from others as well. And then they had taught me just to make sure that I transmit that knowledge in turn to someone else. They gave me so much because they were also given by others before. So it's a ripple effect. And that's why Maya Angelou's quote became a leading, the baseline of the launch of this intergenerational knowledge transfer and transmission movement. Because when you receive from people, what will make it even more rewarding is when you see that you transmit what you've received and you make someone else successful. And that's how we make the world a better place. Because keeping it all for ourselves, I mean, there could be reasons for it, right? Maybe not the right timing to give what you've received. But I've just found that, and I I learned this from my mom, the little you have in life, sharing it with someone else, whether it's knowledge, whether it's a present, whether it's material things, will always bring something that you may not see immediately, but long-term will actually reap its benefits. Because having a giving heart and a giving spirit, I remember one day I wanted to go watch the Blue Jays game for the very first time. I had never been to a baseball game in my life. And that morning, because I like meditating and I'm very big on manifestation, and I woke up and I said, I would love to go watch this game. And next thing I knew, I was invited by someone just like that at a complete random. And that's just one example out of many others. Because like I said, when you give, it may not come in the form of the channel you gave that um, either that information or that knowledge uh, once again. But I feel that heaven would just smile at you for, for one reason or another. Yes. And more and more, the internet is 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 allowing people, I think, to hide and not have the human spirit that we need or that connection or that giving heart. So thank you. We got to talk about bravery, Francine. So what does <laughs> what does bravery mean to you? No right or wrong answer, obviously. This is you, yourself. What does the word bravery mean to you? I'll tell you bravery in examples. I am brave today to be sharing my story. I could have said no. I could have said no for various reasons. Being vulnerable is not always something that is embraced by people. It's it's a work in progress in our world. And some of the things I'm sharing with you today, I probably have never shared before, some segments of it. And to me, that's bravery because you let yourself... In the unknown, you put fear aside and you invest in that commitment. Bravery is also not knowing what to expect and just once again stepping out of your comfort zone and saying, I will do it. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. Absolutely. What's bravery to you? (laughs) Um, Thank you, because you know what? You are the very, very first guest that I've ever interviewed that asked me back that question. (laughs) It's such a great question. I need to, I want to know your perspective. I think my perspective is bravery to me is standing up for what you believe is your truth, your value, your core, standing up and living that 
living that truth. No matter what it is, and no matter in what circumstance, you live that truth. That's what I think being brave. I love it. Living your truth is it's just such an empowering statement. Uh, I love it. <laughs> I've got a quote here that says, in the workplace, 90% of workers who have a mentor report being happier in their jobs. I- I'm sure you can corroborate that, Francine, in terms of the importance, which I guess a lot of people may be in the world. I don't have time for that. I'm too busy for that. Mm-hmm. I, I, right? Yeah. Why is this whole situation with mentoring and what you're doing with mothers to daughters, why is that so important professionally? And why why does that make people happy in your estimation? Let me just start by saying human beings like being seen. And I don't mean seeing myself as I see myself on my camera speaking to you right now, but seen for what they're worth, seen for what will help them live their truth, and seen for the potential they are, even if they don't know that potential. And I think it's a big one. In the workplace, sometimes you come and you don't know anyone, right? You you just know you're driven, you want this job, and Next thing you know, you find a roadblock. Maybe there's no rapport with your manager. I was fortunate for the most part in my past five roles, I've had excellent relationship with at least three managers. The two others, it's not that it didn't work out, but sometimes you you can't uh, establish that same level of excellent rapport with everyone. I mean, it's just how life works, but From being seen to being supported, I think for an employee, it speaks for how confident they can do their job. So again, if you don't have a manager with whom you have a rapport, having even someone from a different department or even someone externally that is there for you to help you as you go from a project to another, or has you map your next role, just having someone that's accountable and is able to point you in the right direction is so critical. My managers personally became my mentors. And when I did not have my mentors in my managers, I created an army outside of my department because I felt In an organization, when you work for an organization, doing your job is fabulous, right? It can fulfill you. For some, it cannot. But you have to think about your sense of belonging because it's important to wake up in the morning being happy doing what you do. If your job doesn't give you that happiness, build a community that will make sense out of it. The culture, the environment. I was speaking to one of my mentors this morning And just like you, he's not used to having me challenge him with questions, which I do, but I think he forgot. (laughs) And he told me, I told him, what makes you happy about this, uh, this, this role and this organization? And it took him a minute to give me an answer. He had to think about it. And he ended up saying, it's the people. It's the people that make me happy. And in those people, he had, he has mentors. He has sponsors, he has colleagues, 
And that's what makes it worth it. It's not always the pay or it's not always the exact role, as I mentioned. And when mothers to daughters get in the picture here is we always say, when you have a mentor, consider that person as a guide. A mentor is not supposed to tell you, do this and do that. It's a conversation. The person is there to support you. If you say you want to open a business, if you say you want to work for Apple, that same mentor may know someone, will know someone that is in Apple. So it also goes beyond mentoring. I've had mentors that became sponsors and same with mothers to daughters. I've had mentors that refer me to things where if I had to engage into applying myself, I would have never gotten a yes. So the support system goes beyond mentoring. And I leave firsthand how much of a source of happiness that support is, whether it's in the workplace and whether it's outside of the workplace. And I think that's the human condition. Yeah. We we want to be loved. We want to be supported. And so that's, and that's what you're building. Yeah. Francine, what, what does the future maybe look like for you? What are, what are the big dreams for mothers to daughters at this point? I am following a very incremental process with mothers to daughters. And I think parts of, part of it is because of how involved I still am in my career. And, and I embrace it. It's not something that stresses me or makes me necessarily unhappy. But I see mothers to daughters go, um, operates globally. I want to be able to push this message about generations because I'm a millennial now. I want to look back and see people that are carrying out this vision in every country. I want to go back to Cameroon. I want to... I'll share this mission and this vision in as many languages as possible. I want people to relate to this. I want, I want a global presence for mothers to daughters. And I always say, I'm envisioning myself having a conversation with someone like Michelle Obama. And it's not because she has two daughters, but she's empowering to me. And she is always not exactly talking about that intergenerational, but her story speaks so much for what she's trying to instill in her daughters. And that's something my mom also told me, that this is something that, well, it's not necessarily a personal accomplishment, but I want to be able, when you want to go global, sometimes you you have some people that can even help you be more global. And yeah, maybe that will be her. Actually, not a maybe, it will be. <laughs> it will be, it will just be. like the Blue Jay game. Yes. You're, yes, it's going to happen. It will. <laughs> Let's wrap with a question. Your mom, still in Cameroon, still with us on this planet. Thank God. What What does she think of all this that you're doing? And all? I mean, your career is brilliant, your accomplishments, the awards you've won. But mothers to daughters specifically, she must feel very honored that you started this and it's such a success. My mom is, um, you know, I've always learned that and I have a mentor that's always reminding me of that. Having a good relationship with your mother is not always easy, but when you know you are in the good graces of your mother, it brings so many blessings to you. Blessings that you don't see 
It's just the thought of having someone that loves you so much, sending all these positive vibes to you. So I feel, I feel like I'm living it. Um, my mom speaks French mainly. She doesn't always understand everything that goes around mothers to daughters. Sometimes it can even be overwhelming, but she knows these communities to pay homage to her because she's the original mother of mothers to daughters. If my mom had not instilled this much, uh, some wisdom in me, in addition to all the spiritual mothers I garnered, I would never have put something like this together. That's why even mothers to daughters is a community effect. And she, she, she follows up. She wants to know what's going on. She's curious about it. She's proud. She talks about it back home. And it's definitely something that makes her proud. Definitely. The other thing that will also make her proud is when I have babies, but I told her not yet. (laughs) (laughs) I told her this is the the grand, the granddaughter now. (laughs) Mother's daughter is that. (laughs) The community is going to have to suffice for now, right? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful for, for having a support, a supportive mother and even family. She's seen, she was very close to the beginning. And I mean, up until now, still very close to what's happening. And, and yeah, proud. As she should be. Thank you, you are an incredible force, Francine. Thank you. Force of, of, of generosity, of wisdom, of giving back, of good. It has been my absolute honor and pleasure to chat with you today. Thank you for coming on to Breaking Brave. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Marilyn. I have to say thank you for welcoming my story, welcoming who I am, and wanting to share that with your own community. I know you have listeners from all over the world as well, and I really hope that this story inspired them. And because I'm inspired by what you do, this is really brave of you to bring so many stories together, to bless others. So thanks to you. Thanks so much for listening to Breaking Brave. For updates between episodes, please visit my website, marylandbarefoot.com. You can also find me at Marilyn Barefoot. That's it for today. See you next time.